Welcome back to Energetically You, where we talk all about optimal wellness, abundant and growth mindset and confident decision making. I'm your host, Megan Swan, a wellness coach and consultant. I work with high performance humans, leaders and modern companies to thread more wellness into their lifestyle and company culture. So ultimately it becomes a way of life and not a check mark on the to-do list. Today, I am excited to get to know better and interview Jay Chase. He is a certified speaker, coach, and host of the top-rated Don't Touch My Mindset podcast. Jay is passionate about helping people overcome the self-manufactured limitations and thinking. Jay is a high sought after motivational speaker and champion for recovery and sobriety. That is one of the ways that I know him through the sober curator. So I am so excited to get to know him in this light and talk all about leadership and self leadership. Let's dive in. Welcome, Jay. I'm very excited for this conversation and to get to know you better more in your own limelight. And yeah, let's just start with you. You were mentioning off the top that you get up at, I think, 3.45 a.m. Please (laughs) tell me all about your morning routine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, it's a pleasure to be here. Absolute honor. Thank you for having me on the show. But yeah, 3.45 every single morning. I've been doing it for almost two years now. and and that is vital to me because um, I spend the first hour with developing a relationship with my higher power. Um, and then I'm able to journal, write down how I'm feeling, what I'm like, what I'm thinking, how I'm being creative. And then I'm able to look at my tasks for the day and actually look at what I want to get done, how I want to go about the day and what I need to get done. And then um, I start attacking the day probably about 6 a.m. feeling charged up and ready to pour out into everybody. Wow. That is um, really powerful. So what got you onto that practice? Mm. Um, Finding ways to put myself first, you know, like so often in our lives, we get caught up in how we should serve others, how we, how we tend to treat others, how we put others first or other people's feelings. And, um, there's a point in my life where I'm like, yo, I, I got to put me first. I got to take care of me. My life was on a decline, um, in, even in sobriety, you know, just I'm a, a six years sober, but even in sobriety, you know, I had to re- restructure my morning re- routine because I say we change, we develop, we evolve. And as I evolved, I figured that um, I wanted to start by, I wanted to start my own company. I wanted to help more people. But what I realized is that we don't get more time in the day. So the power of sacrifice really kicked in when I was like, all right, how bad do you really want to pour out into people? Because you only have so much time in the day working a full-time job and trying to build your own business. So I actually turned inward, developed the the leader within me. And I was like, yeah, we got to We got to take advantage of the time that we do have. And so I was, I started getting up um, at 530. Then I moved out to 515. Then I moved out to 445. 
Then I moved it to 4.30, and now we're at 3.45, and I have a son, son now. So we made that adjustment very, very easy, because now I just take, like, the super early morning shifts to, like, feed him and do the things and spend time with him. And now I incorporate my my inner leadership development journey with my son, and it's uh, triggered me to start writing my book for my son about leadership and what that looks like and how we lead within our own lives. Mm. So many follow-up questions. <laughs> I completely relate to the sort of, you know, starting that was an integral part of my initial phases of taking better care of myself as in, you know, really at that point, I was not a new mom. I had a two and a four-year-old, but yeah, I started with 10 minute morning routine and now it's, you know, on a good day and non-negotiable. It's always an hour. If I get two, it's amazing. So I love that you explained that you didn't just start getting up at 3.45. So people understand that it's It's a process. process. (laughs) It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. Yes. So, um, and I love that you shared because I also thought when you said three, four, I'm like, oh, so you're taking the morning shift with the the baby. Uh, But I didn't want to share it before you did. So. Congratulations, by the way. It's such an exciting moment in, in time uh, as a new parent. So I love that you're sort of taking advantage of that spark of inspiration of, you know, what do I want to teach my son? And mm. what can you share with us in terms of some sort of basics for you that you might even, you know, from something that a child could understand about leadership? Mm, yes oh i love that leadership is is nothing but influence leadership is nothing but influence some people think that leadership is a title it's position uh it's people giving you permission so you can lead them leadership's not even that all it is is influence over people and how you influence people and the the number one lesson that i want to teach my son and that's it. easy enough for a kid to grasp from, from the early ages of development of, of that autonomy is that in order to influence people, you have to add value. Mm. And, that, and that will equate to your leadership. It's how much value you add to people. Yeah. Well, and I think you just kind of, you know, sort of naturally started talking about how you operate in terms of self-leadership and, you know, really starting your day with a lot of intention so that you're in the best place to, you know, fill other people's cup, maybe on Mm. some, on some level. Um, Was that always innate and natural to you? Or did you maybe like start trying to have a positive impact and add value before you were really um, supporting yourself first? Yeah, no, a lot. Yeah. I love this question. It's a really good question because I think it's something that's not talked about enough with everybody wanting to share their story and everybody's a speaker nowadays and everybody has a story. But no, I, I spent four years developing myself before I even spoke of like my journey. And um, I think that's vital for anybody to spend a decent amount of time alone with them uh, before they start, you know, trying to pour other people's cup, because you, you know, we got to fill ourselves up first. You know, if we were on an airplane, the, the flight attendant would tell you if the plane starts to go down, put the mask on yourself first before you try to save somebody else. And so it's really looking at like, yo, what do I need to overcome? And once I overcome that, then the people that I can help are the people that I used to be. Mm-hmm. So can you share maybe some of the threads of aspects of yourself you felt like you had to overcome or sit with or deal with, however you want? 
Oh man, like I don't even know if we got enough time on this podcast for all those things. <laughs> I but. did say kick some. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, shame, guilt, doubt, um, uh, insecurities. Um, my biggest thing is rejection. Um, I follow through on commitments, controlling my emotions. Um, but really, really, the biggest thing that I had to do was stop speaking without thinking. Like that's just like. I got to understand that my superpower is the encourager. My superpower is the leader. My superpower is giving and providing hope for others who don't have it. Like that's something I'm gifted with. And I had to stop using that strength overextended when, when I would find myself in an anger, angry situation, when I wouldn't follow through with my commitments, when I would be um, met with rejection or not acknowledge for my accomplishments or not even getting a compliment. It's just who I am that I would speak without thinking and ended up lashing out and hurting others. So those are things that I really had to overcome this need for approval, this primary drive for interaction. Like, like when, like when I turn, when I get into conflict, I, I tend to attack. So like, I really had to over, I tell you, like I got things in me that I, that sparked my leadership journey within. And now I can be this great man amazing man that people see and now I can pour out because these are the things that I've actually overcame by myself and like I can I can pinpoint them and and know what I teach know what I do and know what how I love on people yeah Mm. the lashing out and the anger I can relate to that one do was it more of a mirror that was coming up or was it really just something like made you reflect personally differently on how you were showing up yeah. So in 2017, February 5th, I woke up in a jail cell and um, I, I didn't know how I got there. didn't remember blacked out right the night before. I was just drinking too much. And um, it's not the first time I woke up in a jail cell. So naturally what I do when I wake up in a jail cell, I press this little button, <laughs> and, right? You know, I mean? like I got a routine at this point. I'm like, oh, okay, here we are again. But I push this little button. It's like, hey, what's my bond? Uh, no bond. I was like, whoa, whoa, hold up. This is the first time we ain't never had a bond. Normally I'd get in jail and I could just bond out. We'll deal with it later, you know, down in court, lawyer, whatever, but no bond. I was like, yo, what did I do? Did I kill somebody? Did I like, what that, like, what did I, I had no recollection of it. And I, I, I pressed the buzzer again and I said, yo, what's the charges? And they said, um, probation violation. And I felt like a, a weight was lifted off my shoulders. I was like, at least I know what I did. At least I know, you know, what I, what I'm facing. I know what I'm facing, right? And I was like, Jay's gone for 11 years. Well, luckily he didn't go that way. I spent uh, like 27 days in county. And then I spent five months in prison for like a shock. They wanted to show me what my life would be like if I kept leading the way that I was leading. And I was like, absolutely. I, I get it. And um, but during those five months of being isolated by myself in prison, um, I really had to confront me. And I had to ask myself, Jay, why are you so angry? Like, who are you angry at? And then when I really started getting down to it, when I really started getting down to the, am I angry at somebody or with somebody or this situation? I was angry at the things that I let people have power over me for, like my father, my mother, my sister. So I just started forgiving I started forgiving myself for letting myself down, for leading myself down this road, for making the decisions that I've made because I was lashing out. And then it really made me think that I was only reacting because of the relationships and the anger that I held within the relationships that I had with 
everyone around me, not just family members, but friends, the people that I felt important to me. It's just how I treated them. And I was like, wow, this only happened when I drank. And so I literally had to turn inward, confront me, ask myself who I was angry at. When it came down to it, I was angry at myself because I wasn't making the best decisions for myself, nor leading my life in the right direction that I wanted to lead it or living up to the potential that I've been blessed with. So then I'm like, okay, from here on out, I vow not not to lash out, not to be angry, but to to be a good person and work on myself and put myself first. Hmm. So can you speak maybe more to like, is that just an, all an internal dialogue or do you come to that through journaling? Like, are there tools that you use to help yourself, you know, reflect more deeply? Yeah. Yeah. She said, make it practical. I need it. I need some practical steps. What, what can we do? Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's I read a book called the power of forgiveness. Uh, a lot of people talk about self-care. A lot of people talk about your self-care routine. A lot of people t- talk about self-love. I don't believe you can get to any of those things until you go to self-forgiveness. Like we got to go through that mucky water of self-forgiveness and this book called the power, the power of forgiveness. And like, I couldn't tell you who wrote the book. I couldn't tell you what the, the overarching point was about the book, but I can tell you the one thing that got me that hit me in the heart. And it said that forgiveness isn't for the injustice, but it's for yourself. It's to reclaim the power that you have given somebody else. And I was like, Oh, what you mean I don't got to be angry and so I started writing letters and um the one practice that helped me the most was I, I I made a list of everybody that I needed to forgive that I've given power to that I've that I've let control over my emotions of and then I started writing out to my father I hate you for I hate you for I hate you for I hate you for on the front page of this paper and on the back side I wrote I forgive you for those exact same things. And I don't believe that forgiveness is complete until release. And so once I was writing those forgive you, I forgive you for statements. That was me releasing that back to wherever it needs to go, but not in me. And, um, and I did that for my father, my mother, my sister, my sister, my sister, my other sister, my other sister. Um, and I did it for myself. And I, I list, I literally identified isolated and, um, uh, devalued what I hated them for, how how much I held on to that, and I released it and let it go. So the practical way is write down what it is and then forgive it. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And did it seem natural to you to do yourself last? I still felt something brewing in me after confronting all those issues, after confronting all those people with my like with myself. Like I, the only person I actually write that letter to was my father, and. Uh, but my mom, my mother, I think she's heard me speak about this, this practice before, like on stage, but um, she never, she's never seen the letter, read it, neither any of my sisters, uh, but I, I read it to my father. But when it came to me, I was still like, I was still like, mm, there, there's something I need to forgive myself, which was, and it made me think back to the book and said, forgiveness is for me, not for anybody else. And I still did it for other people. And I was like, ah, and so then that's where I was like, yeah, I got to have a difficult conversation with me. So was it um, a goal or a dream of yours to be a motivational speaker or did this just kind of like organically fall Absolutely on your not. lap? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Looking back, I, you'll always hear me say that life can only be understood backwards, but we're forced to experience it forward. 
So looking backwards, I'm like, oh, of course, there's the steps. There, there it is. There's the signs and symbols that like I can even trace back to the point where it started. <laughs> but moving and navigating through that, I was like, absolutely not. I remember laying in prison and, and general population. This guy would get up every single night, tall, like big white dude, tattoos all over his head, all over his body. And he would literally get up and read scripture and like basically preach to everybody in the pod. And um, it was one, it was one day, one evening, I was laying down on my bunk and he comes and he comes to my cell and he said, you know, that's supposed to be you. Right. And I was like, what? Well, like, get out of here. What are you talking about? bro? I, I love what you're saying. Like, I feel you. I'm rocking with you. But yeah, that ain't, that ain't me. He said, no, that's supposed to be you. God told me to come tell you that that's supposed to be you. And I'm leaving. I'm not going to be here no more. I'm going to, I'm getting transferred. And so I need you to keep this going. And I was like, yeah, all right. Little behold that he got transferred the next day. And um, I was like, oh, snap. And so I just felt called to literally pick up scripture and just kind of continue and interpret the scripture that I read to the people in the pod. Through then, that was the first time I ever like got in front of people and spoke. And like, it, it felt natural. I'm like, yo, there ain't nobody listening to me. I'm trying. I'm out. You know, I'm really, I'm really trying. So I kept it up. And then it fell to the wayside. But then I, I sold cars for nine and a half years. And I'm like, oh. I, I am a communications expert and <laughs> now I'm, I'm teaching now I'm, you know, as top, top car salesman for my company doing those things. And I'm like, Oh, it makes sense now. So naturally it's always been there. Did I acknowledge it or, or, or lean into it? Absolutely not. I, I ran from it, but you know, once I finally sat down and started sharing my story with my podcast, um, people started listening and I was like, Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> so looking back, do you think that he was just planting a seed? Like, what did he see in you? I I couldn't tell you. Like, I like I it, it. Looking back at that moment, I was like, "Yo, I had no control in that situation. It was nothing to me. That had nothing to do with me. That was on like I and like the the conversations that I was having with myself, the prayers I was praying. Like, I was just like, all right, cool. Like, at this point, I have surrendered to all that I know, and I had no control." being in a place of like no control at all. So it, it was the fact that I was like, yo, if this, I, I, I got to have something else direct my steps because I've tried it my way and ended up in prison. So let's make the most of it while I'm here and at least be of some type of servitude. And that really birthed my mindset of servant leadership. Mm. That's huge. Mm. All right. So let's play. <laughs> I'm so curious. Like what are, some of the communication skills that you you pull out of all of your experience as a car salesman into leadership motivational speaking <laughs> yeah um one would be um understanding that everybody speaks in a different language that not everybody communicates how you communicate so first and foremost um, I'm a certified DISC facilitator, teacher, trainer, uh, communications expert, and, and emotional intelligence practitioner. And what that does is break down the four personality styles that every single person seems to have, right? This, this assessment was developed about 100 years ago by the same guy who developed the first lie detector test and the yeah. character Wonder Woman. Absolutely insane. <laughs> like you know i'm like i was like how do those two like have any common narratives right <laughs> and but they're both designed 
to get the truth out of you. And so they say that this assessment and this tool is designed to show you who you really are and who you're not. And so when, but when I learned that each each personality style has a different communication style, I'm like, oh, I get it. People don't care how much I know until they know how much I care. And just because I speak in a certain way doesn't mean that they're going to resonate, right? With my personality style being being very extroverted, uh, very people oriented, and very fast paced, like there's only 30% of the world that's going to communicate with me. And if I learn how to speak another language or another communication style, that's going to take my closing percentage from 30% to 60% because it's 30, 30, 28, and 12%, like these four different quadrants of people in communication style. And I was like, okay, dope. And so when I was able to learn that and learn the priority and the pace of each communication style, I can communicate with somebody very well within the first 60 seconds of saying hello to them. And one, either people are very people oriented where they put people first or they're very task oriented where they put tasks first, right? Or they're either very fast paced or they're very slow paced, right? There's a mixture of some, there's a, you know, in between, but you can either tell from those, from just that. And so when somebody's slow paced and task oriented, I got to slow down and look at what we're doing, right? Because I'm, I'm people oriented and fast paced. That's going to be right there. Abrasive. Right. So I got, so it's adaptability. The biggest thing that I teach is adaptability, being able to adapt to different communication styles. Brilliant. Love that answer. Um, Yeah. So how, or what I guess about fatherhood has surprised you so far? Oh man. How looking at my child made me realize even as adults, we're just big babies. When we get hungry, we scream, right? When, we, when we're not getting our needs met, we throw a fit, you know? Um, it takes a level of self-awareness, you know? There's a statistic out there, if you believe statistics or not, that 15%, uh, that 15% of people are actually self-aware. And that's cognitive of thinking, behavior, communication, and emotional intelligence, self-regulation and social regulation, social awareness and self-awareness. Uh, and so... When looking at my child and knowing that he is completely dependent on me, his mother, and to meet those needs, that he's in not any type of control, is that is how I should be leading life, not trying to control things, but more of adding value to wherever I find myself and depending on the relationships around me to to maximize and leverage the opportunity. Mm, good answer. All right. So let's um, wind. I want to talk a little bit about your podcast again. Was that something that kind of just fell into your lap or did it sound, <laughs> seemed, sounded fun or how did that start? Yo, uh, com- complete challenge, man. This, this is why I always talk about your environment. Um, I hosted a Bible study for about a year at my house and in my home for people who just wanted to develop a relationship with God. And that's what I did. I didn't go to church. I'm not very religious, but I'm very spiritual in touch with my relationship with my creator. And um, I was hosting a Bible study. My friend who I've known since high school, junior high was coming and, and beautiful things were happening. Like he's never even picked up a Bible and he's in there reading, reading verses, right? In my, in my living room. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like I'm, I'm the furthest thing from a pastor, right? And I'm like, yo, this is crazy, right? 
And um, and one day after Bible study, he said, Jay, man, because um, I kind of facilitated it like trainer naturally style. I didn't know it. But um, he said, Jay, you got a, an amazing testimony. You got an amazing story, man. I think so many people would benefit from hearing it. And um, he was, I think you should start a podcast. And I laughed at him. <laughs> the same thing I did with dude at the, in the prison. And I laughed at him. I was like, yeah, right. I'm podcast. I was like, yo, if, if you show me how to create a successful podcast within, uh, with, with a plan, a strategy, like you show me how to do it, I'll, uh, I'll do it in 30 days. And um, two days later, he shows up with a handwritten business plan on how to create a successful podcast. And I was like, dope. I'll see you in 30 days. And, um, 30 days later, I released the first four episodes of my podcast. And now um, heading into 2023, I have one of the top rated mindset podcasts to follow in 2023. So very, amazing. Very, Congratulations. Thank you. It is uh, very, very interesting how it plans out. But yeah, definitely something that was not planned. It was kind of like laughed at again. Like, I no, no way. <laughs> And it's uh, continues to be sort of a labor of love. Like, how do you look at your process in creating content for it? I have developed a lot within since starting it. And, mm-hmm. and this is why I always say that we're always evolving. We're always developing. Um, because now it's not about me anymore. First, my story was about me. At first, it was my story. At first, it was, you know, this is the pain that I felt. Well, now I look at it like, just because I got cut on my leg and you got cut on your arm doesn't mean that we felt pain any differently. People are listening. I believe that your, your story has the power to change someone's life. So now I interview people from all over the world. Um, now I continue to put out episodes because there's people who have directly reached out to me and said that I've helped them. You know, and as, mm-hmm. as I pray every single morning at 345 to not be in control, but to be effective, it shows the return of my investment. Mm. last question we started off talking about leadership really just being influence so what are you trying to influence at the moment yeah um honestly i i am literally looking for leaders to add value to i'm like constantly looking for leaders to add value to i call it the maxwell theory so a huge inspirator of mine is john c maxwell right and number one leadership development coach he's literally trained leaders from every single country in the world i mean just every when you think of every single country he has trained leaders from that country and uh phenomenal phenomenal guy and he made a vow to serve 11 leaders to be available for him for free whenever he wants to. And so um, I call it the Maxwell theory of every time I book a client, I have to find a client or find a leader to serve for free. So um, the return on my investment from last week was um, I had three leaders reach out to me. I only work with very few select leaders at a time because I do more organ- organization uh, training. And I made myself available for these three leaders. And they're in my program. We're, we're, we're doing our thing. But then I was like, ah, Maxwell theory. Now I got to find three leaders to serve for free. So it's like, I'm looking for people to add value to. And like I said, leader, leadership is influence. And how do you influence people by adding value? And leaders go find the people that they add value to. It's not that they sit around and wait for people to ask for help, but we go out and add that value so we can 
elevate and help people lead their lives better. So um, what I'm trying to influence right now is just people, just people to live a better life. That's all. Mm, amazing. You could sort of uh, dilute down, like, is there sort of like a common theme that you're really seeing people specifically struggle with that's, mm. you know, maybe speaks to the times? Mm. Yo, yes and no. People, I believe that people are meant, or the only thing that really makes people frustrated is the art of communication. They don't know how to express or they express too much. Either their priorities is is clashing with somebody else's priority or their pace is clashing with somebody else's pace, whether that's people and task or whether that's slow and fast. Um, so what I believe that all conflict boils down to communication. What are you trying to get across and what is coming across? And so when it comes to developing leaders, the only problem is just take the time to listen to someone. Like as much of a great speaker am I and like as much of an influencer that I am and a leadership development coach and working with all these companies and helping people achieve success, I listen to them. The first thing I ask somebody is talk to me about your failures. Talk Like that's my first leadership question. When anybody brings me in and anybody wants to work with me, say, talk to me about your failures. And I'm able to help them develop from the inside out through that, from where they feel. Hmm. Yeah. Ah, well, thank you so much for this conversation. Yeah, this has been phenomenal. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a joy, a joy. We'll share all the ways to connect with you, but is there anything specific you want to point people to? Um, yeah, just uh, djchase.com. You can find all the stuff there. Um, all the features where, where, the events are everything vjchase.com you'll be able to find it all and on all social media platforms vjchase amazing well thank you so much for your time and um yeah we'll be in touch soon Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you greatly. And if you are appreciating the show and you wish to support us in a small way, you can do that by rating us on Apple iTunes. You could share one of your favorite episodes with a good friend who you think would enjoy it. And you can subscribe to the show. All those things help us uh, get more eyes on the podcast. So if you want to connect with me, you can find me on all platforms at Megan Swan Wellness. You can check out the website, MeganSwanWellness.com. I hang out mostly on Instagram and LinkedIn, so please drop me a message and tell me what was your major takeaway from the show. Have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Sending my love.